It's an impressive win. Impressive signature, early season signature win for the Utah Jazz, who go to nine and four. Yeah, this and time last year, David, they were eight and four. Really? So, yeah. We always going think we going start into well. the game tonight, they were eight and four. Uh, Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott joining us now. Tim, thoughts on this one? Just, uh, I mean, interesting game all the way around. Um, I really felt like the the tone of this game kind of changed late in that third quarter with two consecutive hustle plays, um, you know, by I think Mike Conley uh, took kind of back tapped after a miss by the Jazz and got Clarkson in the corner for a three. And then George Niang, um, you know, his three, his and one off of an awesome offensive rebound kick out. So I think, uh, you know, those that that was what they were missing in the first half was was just the extra effort and hustle plays. Um, you know, Donovan made some big plays down the stretch. Uh, Rudy was unbelievable. And, you know, I thought Mieoni, you know, he played 12 minutes, didn't score, but I thought he was really good defensively, and I thought he did what he's supposed to do offensively um, to kind of make things flow. And uh, and, and George was, was awesome in his 14 minutes with 11 points. You know, uh, I think you're right on Oni. Like, I, he, and I... I don't want to make too big a deal out of it because, I mean, in, the, in a game this big, I mean, those are little minutes. But um, we didn't have – there were times this year we, we didn't have a lot of play hard in us. And he's a play hard because you know what happened? Because, like, this is my whole theory on guys. Because if he doesn't play hard, guess what happens? He doesn't play. He doesn't play. He goes home. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think there's a value to ha- – like, Denver's got a bunch of those guys, right? Like, P.J. Dozier's playing pretty hard because, like – he doesn't play hard. He goes home. So uh, there is something that Oni is bringing to this group. Um, and, and they see something in him. I mean, yeah. they, they, they like him. And, and, uh, as long as he doesn't hurt himself when he goes out there on the floor, uh, he makes a, an, an impact. Uh, he'll continue, I think, to get some, get some playing time. Well, he's uh, just on him, and we'll get it. You know, it's a big win. I don't want to get um, – uh, I don't want to get you know too into Oni on a win this big. The one thing he really has for him is if anybody but Favors or Gobert misses time, he's the guy who will play. So he will continually be getting time. But let's go to – I want to go back to that, Tim, because I was pretty into – in the second quarter, I felt Denver owns the space. Yeah, I, I totally – that was a very good observation, a great way to say it. And so what did you see that flipped that? just extra effort. I mean, and it really does. It's like, uh, you know, Ron talks all the time about breaking the paint and playing with force. That was the other thing I felt like Nyang did unbelievably well tonight um, when, you know, when things got a little bit rough. But that's, I I just think there there was a spark by a couple of guys for extra effort um, and and everybody else kind of jumped on. And that's that's really kind of what happens with team. Um, You know, I, I had a, Great conversation just in passing with my old friend Alex Jensen yesterday, and um, we were just talking all, all about everything, and, and he did make the comment that this team really likes each other. Um, and you can see that. I mean, they cheer for each other. They pull for each other. and um, but, I, but I think there was just a spark of extra effort. My gosh, we got a, we got a no-look pocket pass from Rudy tonight. How sweet was that Maybe for the Maybe a play of the game. Yeah, right? I mean, unbelievable pass. Also certainly, for the offensive rebound, yeah. 
It certainly was Locke's call of the game. I'll say I'll say that because Tim and I went over there into the bowl, uh, David, because we we temporarily lost our uh, television feed up here. Be happy you weren't up here tonight because that happened. Oh jeez. Uh, but uh, the, the the empty arena, I get it. But man, Locke's call filled the whole thing. We heard the excitement, buddy. It was good. This is a matchup, guys, that we're going to enjoy all season long. I, I think there. I don't think one team is can dominate the other. And I think we're going to see some close basketball games strictly because of the, quote, unquote, the star players on each team um, represent a rival, you know, that I think we're going to enjoy. for the Well, rest. right. Gobert, Jokic is like. Absolutely. Well, it's Gobert, Jokic, Murray, Mitchell. It's and these light match. guys, you know, both kind of similar times in their career. Like, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. And and the game itself, you know, I don't want to get to the point where I my heart rate gets up. That's why I got out of coaching. But uh, in that upper bowl tonight, watching it in that empty place, which is so surreal, and you guys do such a great job of painting the picture, um, my heart was beating, and I was sweating a little bit. I had to take my jacket off. So uh, I, I just love the effort. I just wish Locke would give Jokic credit once in a while. Oh, you saw that. Somebody just, somebody just <laughs> tweeted that I don't ever give Jokic credit. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, um, I, I'll, can I play talk show host here for a minute? Please. Please. Ron Boone. Please give me the Denver Nuggets, who are six and seven, next five games. Next five games. Oklahoma City, that is at home. Then they go on the road and play Phoenix back-to-back. So they play the six and six Thunder. They play the seven and four Suns back-to-back. And they go to Dallas. Against the six and six Mavericks. And then to Miami. Who are only four and seven. Why is everybody six and six? Or I mean, that's so crazy, right? Right. And and I'd said that in the pregame show today. I you know, you've turned me on to this podcast thing, so I listen to these podcasts all day long, and and that's been kind of, regardless of who you listen to, it's kind of, hey, you know, everybody's trying to find themselves. Well, I was talking to one of the people I trust the most in the league today, um, and we were talking about us, and I was moderately warm. Like, I wasn't, like, ex, you know, a little lukewarm, a little moderately warm. He was like, no one's very good in the West right now. I was like, well, the Clippers and Lakers are. He's like, okay, you're not as good as the Clippers and Lakers. But you're as good as you're better than everybody else right now. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like that's probably the truth right now. Like Phoenix, will have to keep an eye on what they what they are able to hold up. But um, but my point on this Denver thing is, I think Denver's a very interesting roster. So they had these two incredible playoff series last year, and and everyone loves them, and they got Jokic and they got Murray, and they're, they they're not as good as the Lakers and Clippers. Like they're not as good. No. And they, I, I totally agree with and that. And they got these two guys, and then they have Michael Porter Jr., who's a bona fide st- offensive star, who they don't play well when he's on the floor. They have Gary Harris. They have Will Barton. They got a ton of draft picks. They got contracts. They got pieces. Like, they're the very, like, they're the logical ones to make the next massive offer to go get the next player. And if they don't play well in these next five games – in a short, truncated season, and I will say all the people I've talked to around the league that are in the know feel as though there's going to be a lot of trades that take place now that the Harden deal's done. That there's just people are going to start moving their pieces, that they that shortened offseason didn't let everyone do everything they wanted to do. So I I, I don't want to, like, that, they, they their oven's on. Maybe they should get Jeremy Grant. Well, right, but I mean, like, go back and get him, right? But I mean, that's their other part of this, right? Is the fact that they they're also really different, right? They lost th- their three most athletic players from a year ago. So, and defensive stopper and Craig. 
And Mason Plumley is a big time He's athlete. A beast, yeah. I thought, he, yeah, that was they just and, great backup center. And like, I, I don't think it's good for them tonight. By the way, that Garrett Jamal Murray played forty two and Jokic played forty in a regular season game because their head coach did not have enough confidence to go anywhere else. Yeah, that's not a great sign to who they are. You would have thought Tom Thibodeau was coaching. You'd think they might be calling Tommy Shepard. <laughs> hey, can I throw another number at you that hops yeah. off the page at me? Yeah. <clears throat> Mike Conley plus 17 in the minutes he played. That's, that's saying, I mean, Mike was, you know, I mean, he missed some free throws. But uh, beyond that, like, he's, he's having a heck of a year. Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert, the number one defensive pick and roll combination in the NBA. Yep. I, and I, I joked in the pregame because I saw that, and I wonder how much of that, you know, that's a big-time assist from Rudy. Um, right. Because that play, you talked about it right back-to-back. Back. There was a play where um, Murray drove it, and Rudy was on his left hand, so he shifted over to his right, and Clarkson blocked it from behind. They sub Rudy out, and the very next play, Murray goes pretty much unimpeded right past Favors and scores it. I mean, and, and Favors is a good player, but it's just like what Rudy does is, is unbelievably special. No, no, how good Favors is. And how they treat him compared to Rudy is so, like, such a tri- – it's not a criticism of Derek at all. No, no that it's, wasn't what I was – It's yeah. an incredible tribute to Rudy yeah. of what – the difference between being, what, 6'10", 6'11", and being 7'2", with a 9'7", wing, like, standing reach and a 7'9", wingspan. So. So, if, if, am I correct here where the Nuggets – the Jazz only got up – Am I looking at we, this We right? took 24 fewer shots. They had 23 offensive rebounds. Wow. <laughs> and, and, David, you made the point. Like, people used to – like, we were at BYU when I coached there. We were a big-time transition team. And there's two ways to, to stop transition. It was choke, you know, choke off the outlet or the, the pass up the sideline. Or, or, secondly, just crash five guys and make you wish that you could get a rebound. And that's kind of – that was kind of the way they played tonight. Well, some, some teams want to make sure you don't get fast breaks and – they don't send guys to the boards. I believe officially the last fast break point of the night by the Jazz is the Mike Conley pass to Clarkson who rotates in the end for three. That's right. Wow. Hmm. I don't. They don't. I don't think the Jazz had a second half. Oh, hey, Tim. fast break point, sir. Coaches get gray hair very, very early, so you may have gotten out just at the right time. You're going to get really gray hair when we play golf this summer. All right. I'll t- I'll take that because right. I hope I have a bald head. Right? Gonna- I just thought the neighbors got really gray hair whenever they heard Lacombe was coming to play golf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not the house again. Oh, man, we just fixed that window. That, that high fade. <laughs> All right, boys, be well. It's all right, I just put a hole in the ceiling. Great work today. All right, the Jazz beat the Nuggets 109-105, a thriller in Denver. We're talking about it next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe. The Jazz beat the Nuggets tonight, one hundred and nine to one hundred and five, in a very exciting game. Uh, Tim, it seems like there was a lot of it was kind of a roller coaster where the Jazz were playing extremely well one minute, and not so well the next. Yeah, and I think Denver had a lot to do with that. Um, you know, they like we talked about, they picked up the pressure. They they really gave the Jazz really the first team this year that's given the Jazz a hard time on the glass. Um, the way they attacked the offensive glass and really kind of slowed the Jazz break. Um, but, man, great teams find a way to win through ups and downs. And, you know, the Jazz 
they, they came together really, really well and then had a bunch of guys make different plays that uh, helped them get the win. Yeah, the Jazz had, let's see here, six players in double figures, almost seven, because Royce O'Neal had, uh, had eight points, uh, led by Jordan Clarkson, who's just amazing. 23 points, 9 of 13 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3, and just a model of consistency, that guy. Yeah, and it just, yeah, and, and you, you, you're you so fortunate, you know, to have a guy like that that brings that. It's, uh, man, it's a luxury to have, but, man, when you have them, just uh, ride that thing hard. And it was a different story for the, uh, the Nuggets because they were a two-man show tonight. Um, Jokic had 35, 14, and 9, 14 rebounds and 9 assists. And Jamal Murray uh, had 30 points. He did most of his damage, though, in the first half. They did a much better job in the second half. Yeah, they did a better job in, of communicating him, knowing where he was. I think he he got a little tired, too. Um, toward I saw him in the second quarter starting to kind of, you know, fatigue a little bit. And, and so the Jazz did a good job of running him around, which is what you want to do with a guy like him, uh, and make his looks not as easy. Uh, again, I thought I thought Conley and One, and One did the best job on him tonight. Um, kind of like Kyrie, he's he's a little he's a tough guard for Royce at times. Well, yeah, guards have been a challenge for Royce, and so that's uh, and we'll talk about this more uh, as the show goes along. But you know why that's why your point about Mie Mie Oni uh, is such a good one because they they need somebody like they need somebody who's going to come in and play hard and play hard on defense specifically and guard the other team's best guy. Yeah, and, and play hard, right? Number one, his length is great. Uh, and, he, and he's got good instinct for a young player. Um, you know, like I said, he played 12 minutes, didn't score, but I, I, he had a really, you know, big part in that win. All right. Uh, our next broadcast coming your way on Tuesday night, the New Orleans Pelicans are in town. In fact, they'll play two games next week against New Orleans as the NBA is kind of trying to, to limit travel as much as they can. You, of course, the Knicks and the, the Nets, the Jazz played them, uh, you know, back-to-back nights and stayed in New York. They're doing that a little bit more. And so we'll get to see Zion a couple of times uh, next week, which uh, which should be a lot of fun. So that's Tuesday night. Tip-off uh, will be at 7 o'clock. Um, for those, uh, well, we'll say goodnight to our network stations. For those of you sticking around with us, post-game sound, we'll continue to break it down next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post-game show brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe. With you tonight, the Jazz beat the Nuggets 109 to 105. We will uh, hear from Quinn Snyder coming up here momentarily. Uh, but let's get to your sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Tonight, the Jazz shot 51% from the field, um, 40.5% from three, 15 of 37 from three to be exact. They were led by Jordan Clarkson, who had 23 points. Donovan Mitchell. Added 18, but uh, struggled at times. He's 7 of 20 shooting. Donovan had 7 assists, though, which uh, certainly is a good number. Rudy Gobert with 15 to go along with 13 rebounds and two block shots. Bogdanovich with 17 points on 6 of 13 shooting. He was 5 of 9 from 3. And Mike Conley, who was great, 14 points, 8 assists, a steal. Uh, he was 6 of 13 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, and continues just to, just to play great. I mean, we talked about it a lot in the pregame show, but he was excellent tonight. You know, the other thing he's doing right now is he's kind of the guy that starts games for him. You know, you always talk about who closes games, but Mike is getting the Jazz off to pretty good starts, um, being really aggressive and looking for a shot. And, uh, you know, it's been kind of a couple games in a row. I'm, uh, it's kind of an interesting trend to watch. All right, let's uh, let's hear from the Jazz head coach, shall we? Uh, let's throw it uh, down to Coach Quinn Snyder in Denver. 
Uh, we will start start with uh, Tony Jones, the Athletic. Well, like the jazz band watches here tonight, and we got a few. Oh. Coach, what is it? Um, does it say anything to you that you can win a game of this magnitude um, on the road? You know, with the the volume of turnovers and you know the lack of free throw shooting, but the defense, but with the way you guys defended in the second half. Yeah, I think. You know, this is one game. Um, I know there's a lot, you know, of thought about it pregame, given, you know, the playoffs last year, but this is one game. Um, you know, I didn't think we, after being on the road, um, you know, as long as we were on that trip, I didn't think we had our legs tonight. Um, but we played through it, you know, and that can account for some of the shooting, the free throws. Really the one area, you know, where I thought we've been pretty good that hurt us was the offensive glass. Um, but even that, I think, as the game wore on, you know, we got more urgent um, and more determined on the glass. So to your point, you can you can look at this and look at all the things we didn't do well. Um, and then you can look at the things that, that we did do well. And tonight we did just enough to to win the game. And obviously, you know, we want to be better in some areas. I think we will be. But, you know, I'm very proud of our guys, um, the way they came out in the second half. Was a, there was a mental toughness that they showed. Um, that I think is something that we can feel good about. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. I know you mentioned the, the mental toughness in that third quarter, but what adjustments did you guys make specifically defensively on Jamal Murray there? And um, also Mie Aoni, just Donovan credited him as well for coming in there in that second yeah. half, what he did. You know, yeah, Mie did a terrific job. And the adjustment, really, there's – there's a fine line between recognizing when you try to defend something differently and when you need to just do it better and do it harder and do it longer. And, you know, I thought our guys just really picked up their intensity. Um, you know, and Jokic and Murray are, are, are terrific players. Um, but as I said, you know, I, I think more than anything, this was about our determination, you know, to, to get it done as much as anything. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Coach, on the same lines, you, you referenced that you guys were not having your best night on the offensive glass, but but imp or keeping Denver off the offensive glass rather, um, but that you improved as as the game went along. Did anything change schematically there, or or was that just kind of as you mentioned, just kind of an, an improved effort thing as the game went on? I mean, the, the scheme is to like hit somebody on the glass and go after the ball and get it. Um, you know, there are certain situations that are more difficult um, to rebound out of, certainly when there's double teams or things like that, or there's switches. Um, but as much as anything, you know, sometimes it's not about the scheme. Um, you know, it's about your will. And that was what began to shift for us, I think, out of halftime. Um, you know, and then as the game wore on, I thought we started getting some more life. All right, we have time for one more. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. And it seems like deflections and steals are up over the last few games. Are you seeing that? And is it activity? Is it pickup points like you've talked about? Well, you know, I think we can get our hands on balls and, and try to try to make plays. That's obviously something, um, you know, that, that any team wants to do. So I, I think, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I, I thought we were tired tonight on the ball and guys just kind of fought through it. Um, you know, some of that has to do with how people, are attacking you, you know, our pick and roll defense is very, very good. Um, and we're not going to get a lot of, 
um, steals and deflections in that situation because you know we're essentially you know protecting the rim with Rudy and trying to force um, tough shots. But to the extent that we are getting our hands on more balls, I, I think it's you know it's 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 our wings and our guards just being more locked in. Um, you know we don't want to gamble for us to, to gamble and try to make plays and and do things like that schematically is not kind of how we're put together. Um, but it's not like we don't want to make plays. All right. Thank you so much, coach. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder right there. Interesting, Tim. He talked about how he thought that they were a little tired. Yeah, and Ron actually kind of made that comment during the broadcast, um, you know, that he felt like the Jazz looked fatigued, looked tired, looked like their legs weren't great. Um, Whatever it is, it it is so awesome to have, you know, um, a game where really if you are exhausted, you are – fatigued but you find a way and that's um that's what this jazz team's kind of doing they're finding different ways to win and um but but it did look to me like they were a little fatigued tonight too and uh he's, he said that could explain why they missed so many free throws uh, the good news is they took 28 the bad news is they only made 16 yeah they're they're only shooting 17 a night so that's a number they're second second worst in the league at getting to the line and that actually is a big piece of the fourth quarter i thought you know they're kind of relentless effort on the glass and driving it and kicking off and um, finding ways to get to the line was really crucial for them to get this win. Uh, Let's see here from the line. Rudy took 13 of those 28 free throws. He was seven of 13. Uh, Donovan was four for four. Mike Conley was 0 for four. Uh, Royce O'Neal was two for two. So um, Rudy, uh, who was just Great tonight. I, I saw somewhere on, on Twitter, I, I can't remember who or I'd give the credit, but said that pass he had to Donovan, the pocket pass, as you say, uh, was probably the best pass of his career. Oh, yeah. I I, I was blown away by it because we really haven't seen much of that from Rudy. And he anticipated Donovan cutting. He saw that all going down, kind of set everything up, and then, um, yeah, the old pocket pass. He saw it's it. thrown from your pocket. And nailed it. It That's was, why you call it a pocket. It was pretty amazing. Is that why they call it the pocket? Pocket Drawing pass. The pocket? Hmm. I had no idea. I've heard the term before. i never known. Pocket pass. How about that? All right. Uh, coming up next, we'll continue to break this one down. We'll also get you some uh, sound from the locker room. We'll hear what the players had to say. Uh, Go Where Love Takes You in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now. Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 109 to 105 is your final. The Jazz, five in a row. Beat the Nuggets. More next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz win tonight in a thriller over the Nuggets, 109-105. Let's get to your points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do live. Jazz outscored the Nuggets in the paint tonight, 44-40. to And we, you know, that's a uh, that's actually an accomplishment when you're playing against Jokic. Um, that's the Jazz did a great job of, of again, playing with force, getting into the paint, finishing. Well, Jokic, I mean, it's not in the paint, but, man, that mid-range jumper where it's just Nowitzki-like. I mean, it just is going in every time. And that's what they go to, um, you know, their pick-and-roll game. When he pops it, it's really difficult for Rudy to get back. 
And the way they space the floor, it's impossible. It's too long a stunt for the weak side to come over. And, man, he hurt the Jazz on that tonight for sure. How much of it is an advantage for the Jazz that they can guard Jokic straight up? We saw him double when Derek Favors came in the game, but when, when it's Rudy, he's going one-on-one. And I realize that Jokic had a big game, so don't get me wrong, but most teams have to double him, right? They have to double him, and then you saw when they did double him that time, that pass he made opposite corner for a three. Um, his just vision is just phenomenal. So his uh, it, it's a huge luxury that Jazz don't have to double him, yes. Again, Jokic tonight was really, really good. Uh, 35 points on uh, 14 of 23 shooting, 14 rebounds, 9 assists. Uh, he was 3 of 6 from 3. So, I mean, you know, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him, which one of the, the sports center guys made that famous. But, uh, you know, at least the Jazz don't have to double him, and, and he doesn't, you know, do- completely dominate the game offensively. And I'll tell you what else really helps with this particular Nuggets team is I say, okay, you got Jokic and Murray, but where are you going to get the rest of your points from? And that's the difference between this team and last year. Like Plumlee would come in and get eight to ten points right. just on hustle. And then Grant, I know, I like I'm campaigning for Grant, but I think he's phenomenal. And, you know, he relieved a lot of pressure. I, I can see the third scorer thing. Uh, and I know that Porter's out and he's but but he's, you know, just so difficult to play because of his defense. Um it's gonna be an interesting uh you know, and I could see some, I could see some ways that they may make a move or, or try to make a move because they need a little bit more punch. I know that's why they they let Jeremy Grant go essentially because they they knew they had Porter who was on the rise. But man, I I think right now Grant is and I Mike Porter did not play tonight, but Grant is just such a complete player. Right, he's two way yep. and tenacious and and smooth as silk offensively. Can really shoot it and he plays so hard and that's. I don't know. That's an interesting one to me. I think they're looking at what he's doing in Detroit, which is amazing, by the way. He's averaging like 25 points a game. Right. They got to look up there and go, oh, man, he was on our team last year. But, you know, uh, I guess Porter is a young guy, and perhaps they're, and he's very talented. So don't get me wrong there. He's shooting great percentage. But it's like David said, I think the, the knock is that he's playing kind of uh, like some of the NBA teams play where it's my turn, your turn, right. my turn. Right. Whereas the Nuggets want to play you know, team basketball. Yeah. All right, let's uh, go back to Denver. Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media. All right, we'll get started. Uh, first up, we will have Sarah Todd Deseret News. Hey, Donovan, can you just speak to the difference that Mia Yoni helped make against Jamal Murray, especially in the second half? I got to give Mia's credit, man. I, I think I said it during the preseason. You know, he's just been, you know, absorbing a lot. You know, it's tough when you have a lot of voices kind of coming at you, but he's been great, you know, kind of getting, taking information from everybody and going out there and putting it into the game. You know, there was a play where, I mean, I don't know if you guys can go back and look at it where Jokic was kind of going, you know, and he got into a back down and he scored or whatever. So I told me, I said, me, next time he does that, instead of worrying about the shooter, just go ahead and fake him or go ahead and trap him. You know, and he went ahead and did that. And then we got a missed shot. We got came down and got a bucket. Like, you know, for him to be able to pick that up throughout the game as a young player, like that's that's big, you know, be able to do it against a player like that who, you know, is, you know, all NBA. You know, that's that's uh that's impressive. And then as far as Jamal goes, just being, you know, or doing being the MA we know as far as, you know, make messing him up, being aggressive on the defensive end, trying to speed him up and staying solid. You know, that's the biggest thing. Just staying solid, he's done a great job of that. Ryan Miller, KSL.com. 
Hey, Donovan, um, we've talked a lot about Mike getting a little more comfortable, um, but how much easier is it has he made you guys' life as he has kind of developed more chemistry with everybody? Um, I mean, you know, it's it's like really a point of where you're really picking your poison. You know, you know, you stop me, you got Mike, you got Boyan, you got JC, you got Rudy. Like, you know, you can go down the line. I think with him just finding his way in the offense, I think the bubble really helped as far as, you know, one, catching rhythm and two, just finding little spots you know, where he can get his shots, where he knows guys are going to be, where guys can get their shots. I think that's the biggest thing with with Mike. And he's been, you know, the Mike kind of we all know. And, you know, I think for him, just finding rhythm. It's all about rhythm. And he's been playing with – it's tough because he's been playing with a pick-and-pop big his whole career. You know, and then you come where you have a dynamic roller and Rudy and, and now Fave as well. Um, it's just – it changed you up, you know, for, what is it, 14? I tell him he's been in the league 28 years. But, like, you know, like that's – it's different. It's a different thing. So it took him a while to get used to it. And he's, you see what it's like when he starts to read things and see things and it's been easy for him and it's been easier for us. Eric Weldon, Salt Lake Tribune. Don, it seemed like Denver was really kind of controlling the action with their work on the offensive glass until about midway through the third quarter. Uh, Quinn said it was pretty much as simple as, you know, it, it was not a scheme change, but it was just, you guys exerting your will and deciding to go out and start hitting some people. What kind of turned the game around at that point? Um, just doing it better. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, that's what the team we have to beat. You know, it's not always going to be sunshines and rainbows where we do things, execute the game plan 110%. But we went out there and, you know, I think for us, you know, just inserting our will, like you said, and just finding ways to to win the game by any means, by any means necessary. Um, at that point, at that point in the game, it was just rebounds. You know, that was killing us. You know, and then it became transition or whatever it may be. But the boards were huge, and just being able to help Rudy and Fave down low. You know, Mike got a foul going in there. I think I got one, but it was stolen. You know, Royce got plenty. Boyan, dude, that list goes on. But that's really what you know. It is just a matter of doing it at a high level, especially when it counts. Uh, Tony Jones, the Athletic. Uh, the fact that you guys didn't play well in, in, in several aspects, but were able to, to kind of power through in the second half and, and, and win in ways that you haven't been winning over the last few weeks, what does that say to you? It shows, one, that we're developing, you know, into what we want to be, and we're getting there. Uh, this is a great, great road win. Um, I think, like you said, this is one of the wins where, you know, we lose into Minnesota early on. We lose to Phoenix. Um, missing another one um, but you know what I'm saying like the earlier in the year like that was a game where you know we don't do things right we're losing by you know by 15 by 10 you know and having to come back for it so for us just being able to build on our mistakes and just, uh, to build off our mistakes and kind of just you know like I said you know rebounding was a big thing for us and being able to execute it late you know no matter what no matter if we're making shots missing shots turning the ball over just find a way to execute the game plan and it really starts on the defensive end you know I think Jamal ended with 30, maybe he had 20, 21, 22 in the, in the first half, you know, being able to turn that level, that notch up, you know, making it tougher, you know, Jokic got going in the third, being able to withstand that push and just being able to continue to fight, continue to fight. And that's what we ultimately want to be. All right. We have time for one last question. It will be from Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. I know George isn't giving you high fives lately, but what is he giving you on the court since really Detroit? 
we don't speak, um, so <laughs> no, I'm playing. Um, he's been just energetic, you know. I think we all know you can never tell if George's having a good day or a bad day for one. But on the court, he's, you know, knocking down shots. He's shooting with confidence. He's been, you know, getting to the rim. He saw he had a dunk, you know, and, and one he had uh, tonight. Like, he's being active in, in many ways. You know, he known, he's known to shoot the ball, but he's, you know, cutting bringing defense in, somebody's open, you know, finding ways to make the right play, make the extra pass, and also get in the bucket as well. That's what we need, and he's going to continue to do that, and that's why we love George, unless he doesn't high-five me again. So, All right, thank you, Donovan. Thank you. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell right there, uh, referencing George Niang. George had a nice game with 11 points on 4 of 6 shooting. But Donovan himself, 18 points, Tim, but 16 of those 18 came in the second half. He was 7 of 20 shooting. Had seven assists, which you like to see. Four turnovers, which is uh, maybe a little much, but um, kind of a tale of two halves for Donovan Mitchell, certainly. Yeah, and, you know, he righted himself. He he had those turnovers, like, almost back-to-back-to-back-to-back in the fourth quarter. Um, and so for him to be able to kind of get himself um, calmed down and then make the plays he made, uh, I really thought the play that was huge when he drove that kind of the nail – came to a stop and turned, hit that turnaround, that fadeaway shot was, you know, that's vintage um, Donovan making a big play in a big moment. Uh, but I agree with him, and I think it's something we talk about a lot here. You get into these games and you're playing great teams and it's not always just going to go great. Um, he talked about the ebbs and flows, and early in the season they would have panicked and gotten away from the game plan. Uh, but I agree with him. Tonight I felt like they did. They kind of looked within and played within themselves they got good spark from many different guys and um you know got this road win that uh puts the jazz in a great spot uh let's go back to denver where uh rudy gobert is addressing the media um we'll start with eric walden salt lake tribune rudy what was kind of the key to um getting more physical in the second half kind of stopping denver from being so effective uh on the offensive glass uh, just, just box out, go out there uh, and fight. You know, we knew that uh, that's one thing that they do very well. Uh, we knew that uh, they have a little more size than we do, so we have to just go fight and, uh, and go get those rebounds. And we didn't do it in the third quarter, but we did it in the fourth, and uh, we were able to get some, some good stuff offensively because of those rebounds. Tony Jones, The Athletic. What did you got? Was was there any adjustment on uh, Jamal in the second half, or did you guys just go with the same kind of things that you were doing overall, but just kind of more resolute? I think we're just a little bit overtaking in the first half. You know, we we changed the coverage a few times, and the second half we just said, you know, let's do what we do, and let's do our defense, and uh, we're good enough to to communicate and to to adjust, and that's what we did, and. You know, everything became a little more, we were about to pick it up physically because we're so much overthinking. And that's the team we want to be. And we want to we wanna keep doing what we do defensively and impose our will every single night. And we're about to do that in the second half. Sarah Todd, Desert News. How important is communication when you've got a guy like Murray and he creates so many situations where the switches come a lot quicker. I mean, Murray and, and Jokic, yeah. So you know that you have to, you know, they can, they, they, they're two very smart players. 
uh, two very talented players. So you know that you you need to communicate in order to you know try to get that get that step ahead. And you know they're really good at playing together, and you have to be really good and uh, and trying to make sure you you make them think, you make them think, and you get physical with them. And uh, they're still gonna hit some tough shots, but keep them out the the comfort zone. Uh, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Rudy Donovan was saying how good of a win this is for you guys. You were able to power through, close it out down the stretch. What does this one say about this group? It feels good. It feels good, and it says that uh, we're hungry. So we're hungry, and, uh, you know, I think we, we're a better team than we were last year. And, uh, you know, we, we know that those games really matter at the end of the season when you look back. Uh, you know, and you instead of being sixth in the West, you end up second in the West or first. You know, we know that uh, those tiebreakers and all those games matter, and you know, we we are aware of that, and we we all learn and and keep growing as a team. And I, I feel like we we still haven't reached the level that we can reach, but it's, it's great to get those wins, and I want to keep them rolling. All right, we're gonna go ahead and wrap with you right now. So thank you so much. Rudy Gobert, uh, right there. Uh, nice night for Rudy. 15 points, 13 rebounds, a couple of blocks. Uh, went to the line 13 times. And, you know, Rudy is the type of guy, or at least it, it seems to me, that certainly pays attention to the marquee matchups when, uh, you know, when he's going up against a big-time player. And it's certainly true going up against Jokic. Just some battles between those two. Really, how good how good is it to watch, too? You know, you're a basketball guy. Uh, or gal and you're watching this stuff and it's like my goodness gracious um you know they go at each other and they all have you know they have different strengths um but yeah rudy is uh he's a special really special defensive player and i i think he's making great strides i mean he made a couple plays tonight offensively again with guys between him and the basket where he made the right decision i think he's trending obviously trending in the right spot offensively and then He's just a monster on the glass. I did like how he said that, uh, you know, they were maybe even mixing themselves up a little bit. They were kind of changing up their their looks on Murray. And he said we were more, I guess, basically said we're confusing ourselves more. So we just said, hey, let's just go do what we do. And, um, you know, I felt like that whatever it was in the second half, it was it was better. Um, and Murray just didn't get the looks he got in the first half. Speaking of Rudy and his 13 rebounds, he is tonight's master of the glass, as usual, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert, here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. We'll get you more sound from Denver coming up right around the corner. Go where love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 109 to 105 is your final. The Jazz beat the Nuggets. More next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night postgame show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Jazz beat the Nuggets tonight, 109-105. It is their fifth consecutive win. Let's get a look at your uh, three-point feature sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight, the Jazz from three, uh, 15 of 37 
for 40 and a half percent. They actually made what 11 of those three pointers in the first half. Uh, Royce was two of three. Bogdanovich, five of nine. Conley, two of seven. Donovan struggled, 0 for seven. George Niang, two of three, coming in off the bench. And Jordan Clarkson, four of eight. Again, keep coming back to Clarkson and how well he's playing. Yeah, he's, he's just such a lift and and really the, such a strength for the Jazz this year, shooting the ball. You know, it's been hit and miss at times, but they, they usually have guys out there in every spot, you know, minus the five-man that's going to be able to make a, a three and really stretch the defense, and that's why – um, you know, th- that's why these early ones and then the spacing in, in the half court is so important. And uh, we mentioned Yang. Uh, you heard Donovan Mitchell talk a little bit about him uh, in the um, in his availability post game. George was great. 14 minutes being plus eight and 14 minutes, four of uh, six shooting, two of three from three. And just seems like he's, you know, sometimes with George, uh, body type and all, it might be a little bit misleading, but it seems like he's playing really, really hard. He's playing hard, and the thing that stood out to me is he's doing the things, the little things that that uh, the coaching staff asks, um, breaking the paint, punt, you know, when he gets that thing, shot fake and drive, get to the paint and create, and, you know, he's just doing the simple things and, and like you said, playing really hard and helping this team. All right, let's go back to Denver. Jordan Clarkson, no, excuse me, Mike Conley is addressing the media. All right, we'll start with Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Hey, Mike, is it harder to shoot free throws in an empty gym? <laughs> um, no, nah, man. Uh, I don't know what that was tonight, but I guess it happens every now and then, man. It's, uh, you know, all of them kind of hit the same part of the rim. But, um, you know, I'll be better next time. I feel like Boyan missed several tonight. Rudy struggled throughout the season. I was wondering if there's anything that, that's been going on with that. No, nah, I think it's, you know, you guys are just uh, – it's early in the season. Guys are, you know, a lot of guys are still finding rhythms. Um, you know, it is, it is a such thing as trying to still, some guys are still trying to get in complete basketball um, four quarter shape. And uh, sometimes, you you know, it requires a lot of energy to play defense. It requires a lot of energy to get back on defense, rebound, and, and you got to be able to focus on the free throw line when you get tired. And I think that uh, we've just had those lapses uh, from different guys in different games. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Mike, it seemed like there were a lot of stretches tonight where while you were in there, the offense was kind of running smoothly. And and when you went to the bench, things got a little stagnant or broke down a little bit. Is, is there a little more pressure on you to kind of make things run well in these games where, you know, Joe is not there to kind of back you up as the secondary ball handler? Um, I don't think it's pressure because it's, it's kind of what I expect to do when I go in there anyway, um, to stay, stay the ship, keep us – keep us moving forward, uh, keep a positive, you know, vibe on the game. And, um, and I've been trying to do that throughout the year. So, um, you know, I don't think it's any more added pressure. Just got to go out there and, and play my game, um, get guys in positions to score, get JC uh, in position to score, George, uh, Fave, those guys, Rudy, um, making sure that we can get, uh, you know, the best out of everybody. And next up, Nicole from Tab Deportes. <clears throat> Hi Mike, congrats for the win. How Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. How do you manage the matchup and the defense with Murray in the first half, especially? Yeah, um, you know I've got the challenge of uh, guarding Murray early in the game uh, and throughout the game. 
Um, he's uh, obviously one of the better young guards in the league, and and with Jokic, um, his ability to cut and make plays is is uh, is tough to contend with. But um, I try my best to just make him work as much as I could early, uh, while I was assigned to him, and um, and at the same time try to attack on the offensive end, um, to not let him you know get as much rest on that on that end as well. So I thought I thought we just did a good good job as a team of of mixing it up on him. Sarah Todd, Desert News. Mike Quinn had mentioned that he didn't really think you guys had your legs under you tonight, that you, there was a little bit of tiredness, and you mentioned it too. Uh, what is the reason for that, that this this particular night it kind of caught up with you guys? Um, you know, I wish you could pinpoint it. Uh, you know, it, we're, you know, I've done it a long time in this league, and, you know, it's, you can't say it's because we traveled to Denver or altitude or anything like that. Like we we're used to playing in altitude. So there's some nights on back-to-backs where, you know, you feel worse on the first night of a back-to-back than you do on the second night of a back-to-back. So it's just, you know, some games, the energy is low and um, it's tough to, tough to gra- grab it and find it. And uh, one, this is one of those nights where we just, you know, we had to grind it out and, uh, and figure it out along the way. All right. Last question. KSL.com, Ryan Miller. Hey, Mike, I don't know if you saw, but 538, the stat website, came out with their player ratings today, and you were the second most valuable player in the league thus far. Uh, I want to know if you agree with that and what your reaction was. Of course I agree with that. Why, why wouldn't I agree with that? Of course. Um, but I haven't seen that. But uh, that's it's interesting. You know, I don't, I don't really understand that much. But, um, you know, my imprint on the game is – is I'm hopefully starting to show more is, you know, I do a lot of things that might not show up in the scoreboard. Um, you know, I can score 30 or 15 or have 10 assists or two or 10 rebounds. Like, I don't, I don't really care. I just want to win. Um, and uh, I guess that's those stats that you just brought up were kind of, kind of quantify all that and put it together. So I'm, I'm cool with it. All right. We're done here. Thank you so much, Mike. All right, there you go. Mike Conley, who was uh, just terrific, and apparently Ryan Miller and you uh, have been doing the same research. He brought up that stat you brought up in the pregame. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to shut him down. He can't be digging into my gear. He was probably time. listening to the pregame, in all fairness. No, I, I would imagine he did his due diligence. <laughs> Conley tonight, 6 of 13, 14 points, 8 assists, but you mentioned this with Lock and Boone, a number that kind of jumps off the page, uh, plus 17 tonight. And I can't remember who it was that asked him the question, but I felt like the same way when, when he was out on the floor, the Jazz got into things quicker. Um, and, you know, I think he's really good at, at pushing the ball up the floor. All those little things that, uh, you know, the point guard, you kind of count on him, them to do. Um, and he's just, uh, right now, there isn't really one part of his game uh, that is really lacking. I think his decision-making is really good. I think his shot selection is good. That may be a big piece of this from last year, too. I think he's taken better shots, and he, he kind of understands where those shots are going to come from. But uh, I don't need to tell you this. I'm a big Mike Conley guy. I think he is awesome in the locker room, and he's awesome on the floor. And I'm re- really excited that he's, uh, that he's actually, you know, he's kind of found his sea legs here in Utah, and he's, he's, he's balling out. All right. Uh, you ready for some of our, our – um... Deep stats from our guy, Tyson Ewing. I was hoping that you were going to say you got them today. Uh, we did, and, and tonight's a good one. All right, <clears throat> here we go. We've got a few for you. Buckle up, as Bowler would say. Hold on. I, this does have 
because Han sits in this one, I think this has got a seatbelt. Go ahead. Probably does. Uh, at Ty Ewing, too, by the way, if you want to follow him on Twitter. All right. Utah started 18 for 25 in the first 16 and a half minutes of the game. That's 72%. Over the next 25 and a half minutes of the game, they went 13 of 39, 33%. Hence the roller coaster you spoke of. In the final six minutes of the game, they closed going 8 for 12, 75%. So they was they had it the whole time. It's just we didn't know that. Uh, in the second half, Donovan Mitchell went six of ten for sixteen points. Jamal Murray two of eleven for six points. Uh, George Niang, this is the first time in his career scoring double figures in three consecutive games. George playing well. I think we might need to upgrade the minivan. Go ahead. Uh, all right, this is the most offensive rebounds the Jazz have allowed since February twenty first of two thousand sixteen in a loss to Portland. There have been 358 games played since that game. This is the most offensive rebounds the Jazz have allowed in a game in which they won since March 22nd of 2012 when they beat Sacramento, uh, uh, surrendering 26 offensive rebounds. There's been 678 games played since that one. Before you go, just this is so interesting, but the Nuggets were 40 for 100. They took 100 shots. And the Jazz took 76. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. All right, the last one from our boy Tyson Ewing. This was only the second time in Mike Conley's career that he didn't make a free throw with more than two attempts in a game. He was 0 for 4 tonight. First time. First time. So, I mean, if you watched the game, you saw history in a lot of different facets. How about that? Thank you, Tyson. Thank you, Tyson. As always, he's been shooting us stats for the post game. So, he, uh, Tyson, by the way, um, he does uh, stats for the TV broadcast, and we appreciate uh, him helping us, you know, lowly radio folk out. Drop as his well. Twitter on the folks again. Maybe we can get him a, you know, get him a get him a few followers. Well, he's already got tons. Oh, but, he's got uh, tons. Ty Ewing two. That's T Y E W I N G and the number two uh, on Twitter. So uh, definitely uh, worth following as uh, he helps us out too. Very interesting stuff. No, I love those. Those are those are awesome, and it. It does, you know, every single night in the NBA, you know, you watch a game and there's you can, you kind of put it in perspective. It's yeah. kind of neat. Interesting, the Murray 2 of 11 in the second half because it felt like in the fourth quarter uh, when he made uh, that three over Royce O'Neal, it, it felt a little bit like he might have some of that bubble magic, but the Jazz held him off. Yeah, and it, it's, it's so hard, too, when a guy gets going like that, and then you've got to basically send in the cooler and get him get – off that streak, and, and they did it. And did a great job, made his, made it way more difficult for him in the second half. Yeah, absolutely, and we thought for a second there in the first half they were going to play him a lot like they uh, they played Trey Young the other night, but that didn't kind of come to fruition. Uh, but it, either way, the Jazz played much better, and Jamal had a tough time getting it going uh, in the second half. But Jokic had it way going in the third quarter, so you know, if that would have lasted, it might have been a different outcome as well. Yeah, and, and they just isolated. You know, it's isolated in that pick-and-pop game. And again, that's really hard for the Jazz to cover. And he was he was automatic. I mean, his those weren't even coming close to hitting the rim. They were like center cut swishes. Um, man, he's special. He's just special. It's so funny watching uh, you know kind of quote unquote modern basketball because nobody takes that shot anymore. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki is going to the Hall of Fame on that shot, and Jokic is is just deadly. Now I I can hear Locke somewhere complaining about what we're talking about because statistically it's not the uh, the best shot on the floor analytically or whatever, but it, it's it's unstoppable 
if you're, I mean, we watched Carl Malone do it for yeah, years. Well, I mean, it's just unstoppable if uh, if you get it. I think like Nowitzki and and Jokic, uh, you mentioned Carl. Like that's that becomes your whole objective with analytics is a layup, you know, layups, threes, and free throws. Um, and really, that shot for Jokic is a layup, is it not? It, it might as well be. Right? Yeah, I absolutely. mean, very rarely misses it. So I, I think, um, I, is a, it, yeah, it's a non-paint two, but just barely a non-paint two. And for a guy like that, man, I love the shot. I can't really even think of another big that takes it. It's certainly not as frequently or as automatically as Jokic does. But he's got just, that high release and yeah. it's just sweet. Yeah. You just don't see it anymore. And it's, it's really, really, uh, really awesome. All right, uh, coming up next, uh, we will put uh, some final thoughts on this one. Turn the page. We've got a couple of times to see Zion Williamson next week. And uh, a, a Pelicans team that uh, the Jazz really should win. I mean, they've won five consecutive games. It could be seven by the time we're doing the postgame on Thursday night, which which would be something, no doubt. All right. Go Where Love Takes You in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final from Denver, Jazz beat the Nuggets 109-105. to 105. More next on the Jazz Radio Network. Outlet to Conley. Conley's got the pedal down, leaves behind for Clarkson. Rotates to the Yang in the corner for three. Good. What a brilliant play by Mike Conley. Cleared both those shooters open. George Niang gets the three. Clarkson will get the assist, but Conley made the play by accelerating the defense with him and clearing the space. All right, there's Locke, the play of the game, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection, lhmauto.com, driven by you. Jazz win tonight. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe. They beat the Nuggets in Denver 109-105. to Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. If you're just joining us, Jordan Clarkson with a great night tonight, 23 points in 30 minutes. Uh, Mike Conley was terrific, uh, 14 points to go along with eight assists. Donovan Mitchell had a great second half in particular. He uh, finished tonight with 18 points and seven assists. Rudy, 15 points, 13 rebounds, two block shots. And Bogdanovich, uh, and we haven't talked a ton about him in this postgame, Tim, 17.6 of 13 shooting, five of nine from three. And he certainly was far from a, a perfect game. He had four turnovers, but... You know the shooting numbers certainly are coming uh, coming around. We we talked on the pregame show how with uh, Bogey so far this year it's been either really really good or or not so good at all. And and tonight wasn't his best game, but he still shot the ball very well. Yeah, he made big ones too. He made big shots. Um, you know to kind of end runs and and start runs. Uh, so yeah, I think he's getting uh, way more comfortable. I did make a lap around the arena so everybody knows because he did not wear the tape tonight. And um, it's about the only prognostication I missed today. That's true. That is true. But, no, he did not wear the tape. I won the bet. And uh, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, he, he wore the the wrist, uh, the wrist guard for a game and then uh, went away from it. And I think he played with it one more game and obviously went with the tape for a couple games in a row. But it's obvious that he doesn't want it. I mean, he doesn't want to wear that stuff unless he has to. Locke's talked about it a bunch where he doesn't wear – you know, he doesn't wear the sleeves or the leggings or anything like that. He kind of he's old school that way. He's like a major league baseball hitter who doesn't wear batting gloves. He what was like your uh, go-to? Did you wear a T-shirt under the 
the because uh, I was in vogue when I was a kid. The t-shirt. The t-shirt. Under the... Uh, you know what? It depends on occasionally, but I liked the the all natural uh, the all natural because I I felt like. You know, if I smelled badly, then they wouldn't want to guard me. Well, that was a given. You know, if back if, then, you're right. So, I, I felt like that was to my advantage. I um, was a t-shirt underneath guy. Were you always? And it had to be, you know, starched up. And I was a pretty boy. I wasn't any. I was had never to be looking any good, good, but I looked good. <laughs> looked, I looked so good. Looked good out there. Well, it, it, it's amazing. I remember back in the in the late '80s when uh, when uh, remember the Andre Agassi shorts were a thing with the uh, with the <laughs> the the tights i guess underneath in on oh, those yeah. shorts you know what i'm talking yep. about the, they were built in and uh they wanted uh, nba players wanted uh, to wear those and i remember the league told them no and then you know now you look at it everybody's wearing the leggings and the the well i don't even know what you call it, it compression yeah the compression sleeves or whatever i the first one i really remember wearing those was uh, alan iverson and everybody was like oh why is he wearing that and the rumor was and he, he was, wear it on one arm yeah right? he was covering up a vulgar tattoo or something like that but that's uh, why i wear one now is you gotta cover that up tattoo. that tattoo <laughs> <laughs> that vulgar tattoo that you had to yeah, hide while it, you were and at it BYU. was really hard for 12 years <laughs> you know i had to put adhesive tape on it about <laughs> tore the skin off my arm um Oh, man. But anyway, everybody's wearing that stuff. And Bogdanovich doesn't like it and didn't wear it tonight and played fine. No, he did. It's nice to see him. I, I agree with you. The numbers, the tough numbers are kind of going away. And, and like we saw with Conley, data points always come back. Uh, don't, don't, uh, don't read too much into it. But he, he is a, he's a bona fide scorer, and it's awesome to see him playing well. It was interesting to hear Rudy say that he thinks that they're a better team this year than last. And I agree with him. Uh, but then you look over at Denver. This isn't as good a team, I don't think, as as they had last year. Locke talked a little about it a little bit. We've we've touched on it in the post game a little bit. But they're they're a two man team, and outside of that, I mean, Gary Harris is is a nice player. But I mean, Paul Millsap, who we saw him play twenty one minutes tonight. I mean, he's he's aging. He's he's aging. Will Barton doesn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, and then you have guys coming off the bench like like what was Jermichael, the little guy's name? Oh, uh, uh, Campazzo. Uh, Jamichael Green played 20 minutes tonight. I remember him seeing him like once. And I mean, it's interesting because they, I think Jokic and Murray have both come out and said how much they love playing with him. They'd love to play with him forever. So I don't know that we got a great feel for how he's been playing with them tonight. Um, but again, he's another guy who, in terms of, you know, he's fairly limited in what he's going to, he's going to be really tough. He can make a three. Um, but the dying, I guess, Again, I'm going back to Jeremy Grant, but he was so dynamic. Yeah. He, and I, he made it different. And Plumley was another guy you could count on for buckets and playing hard. And so, yeah, I agree. I don't think they're as good. Well, those were their, as Locke put it, uh, they lost uh, Torrey Craig as well. And those were probably their, dudes, their three most athletic players that are not on this not on this roster. And with the loss, Denver falls to six and seven. Not getting off to the, the start, I'm sure a lot of their fans expected. Not, I mean, I... I have never been all that high on the Nuggets, but I certainly consider them a you know at least a middle of the West playoff team. Just remember, hype and expectation create many a downfall, because you know this team is totally different from last year. But they got stamped with the Western Conference Finals, and they've got two really good players, and so everybody else is just like, oh, we'll get through the season and we're going to get to the finals, and it's not the way it works. It's not that not quite that easy. And they, I mean, let's. 
we talked about this in the pregame, but let's not pretend they didn't get very fortunate in the playoffs because, one, they should have lost to the Jazz. I, I mean, maybe I'm sounding like a homer there. but No, I, uh, they, I, mean, I mean, they're up 3-1 and double-digit lead and all that stuff, yeah. And it just came unraveled. Uh, and, two, the, the Clippers were just a mess. They, they should never have come back on the Clippers either. So, I, you know, credit Denver for making it that far in the bubble, certainly, but they had, they had some stuff break their way for, in order to make that happen. Yeah, I want to write a book, Hype and Expectation. I'm telling you, that's what brings down everything. Well, it, it's Maintain what... Maintain a, a, a manageable, for, you know, manageable... You ain't got to challenge yourself, but maintain a manageable attitude about what you actually can get done. And, and you know, like the Jazz did tonight, don't get too high and low with, with results all the time. You know, kind of look at the process, to borrow a phrase from our friends in Philly. <laughs> well, I think it's why Jazz fans were... were so grumpy last year, even though the Jazz had a good season, but their expectations, you know, they had Conley and, and people well, were thinking, okay, now they're a contender, and they never quite reached that level, but they still had a good season. Yeah, they did. They they, they had a great season, and the way they started this year, everybody's grumbling, right? Right. Um, it takes time. It takes time to get it going, um, but definitely things are trending in the right direction. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, five five wins in a row in the NBA is awfully darn good. And legit one game out of out of first, right, in the yep. loss column. Which is, uh, which is, I mean, it's the, I'm trying to remember the last time they were ever in second place in the Western Conference. Probably have to go back to Darren and Booze, I would guess. I mean, outside of maybe. You would you know, know better the, than me. The very beginning of a season. Uh, but that's uh, – yeah, uh, that's the Jazz are playing good basketball. In fact, here let me let me reset the standings here, and we can get it out to people. So the Jazz right now are tied uh, for second in the West uh, with the Clippers, sitting at nine and four. The Lakers are at eleven and three, so the Jazz are a game and a half back. Uh, but the best team in the East right now is Milwaukee at nine and four. So the Jazz have the second are tied with the second best record in the league right and now, and they own the tiebreaker. With uh, with the Bucks, with the Clips. I know, I'm kidding. Come on, man. Uh, and by the way, I saw somebody. I think it was our guy Jeremiah Jensen uh, on Twitter. See, called this the the best Jazz win of the season. I don't think I'm quite there yet. I think it was that Bucks win. I I think it was the Bucks win, taking everything into account. Like they played so not well <laughs> against the Nets and the Knicks, and then to kind of resurrect that and win and then win the way they did and just smash smack Milwaukee. Them. Yeah. I mean, that, that was really something, but I mean, taking a look at those records, I mean, this is, this, this situation is not normal, obviously with no fans and those sorts of things, but it certainly is affecting how teams play. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, right now, uh, the Hornets are in the eighth spot in the East at six and eight. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> Woof indeed. And, uh, the eighth spot, in the West right now is a what's the one two three four way tie at six and six with the Mavs, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, and the Thunder. Seriously, look at all the teams that are right around five hundred. That'll tell you the tale. Um, it's a right now everybody's trying to to feel out the league and they're trying to figure out their own, you know, the situation they've got going. It's it's wild times, wild times in sports all the way around. There's no doubt, but uh, Jazz playing really well right now, fifth consecutive win. Uh, Tim, give us some uh, final thoughts before we move on to New Orleans, a couple of games with the Pelicans next week. Well, I think this is, uh, I've always said this, I think you can you can really address issues and fix flaws so much easier when you win a game. And uh, because you have to go through that, like there is just a, 
unwritten rule, there's a grieving period when you lose. And I don't know how much you can always address and deal with issues directly. Um, and I just feel like it's easier when you win a game. So really important that they won the game. We talked about it. There was highs in the game. There was lows in the game. But they, they just kept at it and, uh, and found a way to win. This, um, this week will be interesting with those two games at home against the Pelicans. I just saw where the Pelicans beat the Kings tonight, 128-123. Zion rang the 30-point bell. Uh, got 31, and but what's interesting, if you look at them, we talk about Denver's struggle scoring. Ingram had 22. Adams, Stephen Adams, who's, um, you know, a force, had 12. Bledsoe, who they acquired from, uh, from Milwaukee, from Milwaukee mm-hmm. had 21. And, uh, and a couple other guys in double figures, J.J. Redick with 14. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it'll be different. Uh, but I like that they're at home, and, and the Jazz, uh, I think they match up well with these teams, So uh, this team. So, yeah, uh, like two wins coming up here. Looks Again, I'm setting hype and expectation, listen to me, but I think they should do that. I love watching Rudy go up against Steven Adams. That's a battle. That's, a, that's two big dudes just like tonight, just hitting each other hard all the time. Yep, and and Steven Adams is, is maybe not the, well, certainly not as skilled as Nikola Jokic, but – he gives Rudy fits because Rudy struggles with with bigs that can throw him around a little bit. And I like Ingram. Ingram's a fun guy Ingram's to watch. Ingram's great. Yeah. His length and touch, and he's he's a good player. I think he's gonna be a really good player. Um, you know, kind of a, a a marquee player coming up, but should be fun. All right, we want to say big thanks to uh, David Locke and Ron Boone doing uh, terrific work, calling all the action. Thanks to Alex Lumberg, executive producer of uh, Jazz Game Night. Uh, Alex, who uh, who is our broadcast assistant tonight? Big thanks to Andrew Sorensen, who is our broadcast assistant. Thanks to the title sponsor of the post game, Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love ta- takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Tim, thank you very much as always. Always good to see you on a Sunday. Yeah, can I give you a little shout out? I think you get dad of the year today. Oh, yeah. My. Uh, uh, my young daughter's, my three-year-old's first day skiing. And you had the video to prove it, and it was such a cool moment to watch, like, for me. So I, lo- I love that you're out making memories with your kids, that your daughter. That's awesome. This dad was on top of the world today. Yeah. Felt pretty good. No it doubt. only gets better from here. She's just tearing it up on that ski. That's hill. really was, cool, though. It was great fun. All right, so our next broadcast coming your way Tuesday. New Orleans in town. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 6. Your final from Denver tonight. The Jazz win their fifth consecutive game. They beat the Nuggets 109-105. to Talk to you Tuesday right here on the Jazz Radio Network.